The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's showtime! From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. I want to thank our sponsor, the All-Inclusive Podcast, featuring Jay Ruderman and the Ruderman Foundation. Great cause, great podcast. Find it wherever you find your shows. The All-Inclusive Podcast with Jay Ruderman. So, I think we're going to talk about the arts today. And I'm wicked, Adi, but I have a terrific guest is is the point. And the guest today is joins us from the Conservatory School for the Performing Arts. She is the founder and the owner and the artistic director, and her name is Erica Frank, and she's here in studio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still excited about people coming to the studio because it's been happening a lot this week, but in prior weeks... Not so much. I guess there was this thing called a pandemic or something. <laughs> How has your pandemic been, Erica? Well, it's definitely been interesting on the performing arts side of it. We had to get crafty. We did a lot of virtual events, which was new for all of us. So we definitely got to learn something new, which was great. And other than that, dancing in my house even more uh, was <laughs> <course>. really fun. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a good way of looking at it. I did a lot of dancing in my house as well. <laughs> so you grew up on the hard scrabble streets of Stoughton. And I say that not, not jokingly, because as we were, Eric and I were just talking about before we started recording that I grew up in Sharon, which is Stoughton's little younger, wimpier brother. That's the way I looked at it. But you but you come from Stoughton. The company is in Stoughton. Yeah. Tell us how this tell us how this started because we, we need to know the, the backstory, Absolutely. the origin story. Yes, I'm so excited to tell you all about it. Yep. So I was performing, teaching at multiple studios, kind of freelancing, doing my own thing. And I ended up going to upstate New York for about like four months. And we taught like a bunch of kids from um, Manhattan and L.A. They came from all over and we would have to produce a show within three to four weeks. So the campers would rotate and it was a strenuous schedule. And I met a ton of my really good friends out in Manhattan now who worked with with me and a bunch of our other colleagues. And, you know, that was like the moment that I said, you know what, if I can do this, I can really do anything because putting up a professional show every three weeks is, you know, a lot to you know produce and so I said you know what I'm going to start my own thing my friend said go for it Mm -hmm. you know and that's pretty much how it started that summer I really took the time to jot down all my ideas and from there I ended up you know really researching in, in Boston you know how to get started I used to go to classes at the Women's Entrepreneurship Program down on Washington Street in Mm -hmm. Boston, and I learned a lot about the business side since I was more of a performer. It's always been my dream as a little girl to 
open e-performing arts center and I really wanted to do it in my hometown because growing up my mom had to drive me hi mom love you (laughs) Um, she had to drive me all over you know um, in state out of state to get like adequate training and you know I said to myself if I was going to do this why not do it for the kids within the town that I grew up in and the surrounding area so my dream was to just open up a New York City level performing arts center Mm. so that suburban kids could have the same experience as a city kid and so with all that being said here we are almost eight years in yeah eight years tremendous yes and so it's primarily for kids students all all ages all levels yes so we started two and a half we go all the way up to where yes (laughs) saturday mornings bright and early (laughs) if you can stand up and you can say a few words you can perform yes yes and it's you know at that age it's building the you know, muscle memory, the body mm-hmm. mechanics to take them when they're older and developing confidence as well. But, you know, taking them up until they graduate. But we also do offer adult classes, six and eight week programs. We usually start after the holidays and that has been successful too. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, it's the conservatoryschool.com is where you go. Great URL. Yes. Nobody had that. The conservatoryschool.com. <laughs> Thank you. And... Tell us when you, again, go to the website for all the info and how to get involved, how you get your kids on stage, and, and maybe wearing a cute little uh, ducky or bunny costume because <laughs> you have some great, some great photos of performing. The, tell us the first moment you realized you were into theater, dance, etc. Do you remember early, early okay, roles? Okay, you ready yep. for this? Uh-huh. Again, mom shutting you out here. <laughs> yep. I was in third grade. I wrote my own play. And I cast it with all the kids in the neighborhood. So I actually made a sign up for the street and they had to come and audition. And then I ended up, you know, going to my mom and saying I wanted to do this. And she said, well, you can call around yourself. So back in the day, we didn't have, you know, iPhones and Google. So I called 411 and (laughs) I got the number of the Eastern Children's Museum. And I ended up calling the director. I'll never forget this. My mom was doing laundry and I said, um, the only of the Eastern Children's Museum is on the phone. She'd like to talk to you about putting my my play <laughs> on, on stage. Yes. And so I ended up having the play, you know, right at the mm-hmm. Eastern Children's Museum. And it's so funny because now they have a theater program. That's there. so cool. Yeah, so. I used to go there with my kids when they mm-hmm. were younger. And if you haven't taken your kids to the Eastern Children's Museum, it is it is worth the trip. It is it's kind of uh charming a charming kind of I say I say low budget, not to put it down, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's like an it's it's like a alternative to like a, a big children's museum. This one is kind of very homey and and very but yet very fun and very hands on and all that. Yeah, so and as good a on kid, you. It was what magical. was the name of that play? Um, Molly's Day at the Beach. Nice. <laughs> yes, and, and I forced my twin brothers to do it. <laughs> but all original. You wrote the thing. All yourself. original. It was like yep. an hour play, costumes, design, the whole thing, and that's when I wow. really loved it. But when I actually was in the Nutcracker for Jose Mateo's mm-hmm. studio out in Cambridge, that moment was when I knew that I wanted to become a performer, a hundred percent. So I was about eleven when I was. Uh, dancing at the Emerson Theater mm-hmm. and the Majestic, as it's called. And that, you know, I I can't even put into words what it was like, you know, dancing in front of hundreds or I don't even know how many seats there are, maybe thousands. Sure. And doing two shows a day sometimes. And, you know, that feeling I fell in love with. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. 
I wrote a play when I was in the third grade, and no it way. was called Yeah, it was called Dogs on the Run, and I didn't even have a dog, but I liked cartoon dogs. So the okay. roles, it was like an all-star cast of all the like fictional dogs I could think of, like Scooby Doo, and Snoopy, and Lassie was probably in there, you know. That's and awesome. I cast all my friends as the dogs. And I think we ended up doing it at school. I just remember my dad getting annoyed because I told him that I needed the, the you know, I wrote it out in hand and asked him to Xerox like 10, <laughs> 10, 10 copies of the script of Dogs on the Run. And the people at work must have thought he was nuts uh, doing that. That's so, awesome. <laughs> so tell me why you enjoy it. It's probably kind of obvious that, mm-hmm. that, you know, anyone that works with kids just adores it. I was a camp counselor for many years, yep. and I would still be doing it if it were socially acceptable. But, <laughs> but so for someone of my age to be a camp counselor. But it's, it is a magical kind of thing. And, it's yes. a, and maybe give me some examples of if you yeah, have like so kids I, that have done great things. And I think it, like, changes throughout my career why I love to do it you know when I was younger it was really like getting the kids on Broadway which we have had you know students go to Broadway one of my students Stella Cobb she originated the role of young Anna in the first North American tour of Frozen and then we also have John Gibbons he actually booked a job during COVID and it got canceled he was supposed to star as Billy Elliot Mm. at New Canon um out in Connecticut, but now he's starring as Ralphie in A Christmas Story in Utah. Oh, nice. Um, so he's out there now. And then, you know, I've so I have 100% tile college, accept, excuse me, college acceptance rate, meaning all of our pre-professional students have been accepted into dance or musical theater program, BA or BFA with almost, almost full ride scholarships. Fantastic. So for me, that what was are like... The, uh, sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you, Erica. What are the most coveted undergraduate schools to go to for theater, dance, et cetera? You know, I have my graduate last year is at Point Park University, and she is on, I believe, over a $100,000 scholarship. Wow. So Point Park is up there, Juilliard, you know, Boston Conservatory. My Aldamata, I don't know if it's ranked as the top, but I actually really enjoyed my time there. That was Dean College. Mm -hmm. University of New Hampshire, we have graduates there. We have graduates at Syracuse. You know, that's a top-rated Ivy League as well. So when I started, my dream was to, you know, really produce, you know, all these kids, which it still is, you know, we still are training at the highest level. I think now as I'm a little bit older, my passion is watching every student succeed. So like just watching the baby steps, you know, not every child's going to go to Broadway. Not every child is going to want to go to school for this. And I understand that. And just watching their progress week after week for me as a teacher is the most fulfilling you know Mm -hmm. and watching them even grow throughout programs a lot of our students start in our recreational program for example john and stella who are working right now they both started in our showbiz kids program that's our eight to ten it's a combo package deal that includes singing acting and dance so it's kind of like a great starter program for your kids if they are interested in theater arts and not really sure if they're driven with dance or musical theater not really sure how serious they want to go this is like our starter like let's try it let's see how they do you have the option to choose you know if you want to do a lot of dance classes with the singing and acting or if you want to just do one and try it but um growing them from that level up into our prestigious pre-professional programs is really fun to watch and Mm -hmm. I would say about 
98% of our pre-professional program, excuse me, pre-professional students started in our rock program and we build them from the ground up. So it's really an enjoyable process to be part of. Can you remember one play that you produced that's particularly memorable, even if it wasn't like the biggest, but just sort of the the cast that you sort of... uh... Yes. So I'm going to go back to when I was in New York. I had to put on Chicago in three weeks, which was like a big, you know, big shoes to fill as a choreographer. And so for me, that was like really enjoyable. We do a lot of mini shows. And so that's also enjoyable where we have a big show at the end of our season. It's called our June Showcase, where it's like a recital, but it's different where it's not just kids, you know, dancing, act, actor, act. We have students singing. We will put on like a mini production of, let's say, Wicked or Charlie Brown or any of the musicals that you can think of. So it's really fun because we're always switching it up throughout the year. And then we we don't even start training for our show until like the end of April. So it's about a six week production setup. And that was interesting through COVID as well. But we we got through it and we put on an amazing show last year in person. So we we're really proud of that as well. The Conservatory School for the Performing Arts located in scenic Stoughton. Sorry, I don't mean yes. to keep picking on Stoughton. The kids, <laughs> kids from Stoughton used to beat me up as a kid. That's why. No, that's not true. I had friends from Stoughton. But it's theconservatoryschool.com is where you go to find out more about Erica and everything that she does. Any advice for parents who have kids that are, or is the advice just come, come on in? I say come on in. That's my main advice. And to listen because we are professionals. We know what we're doing. And so just listening to what we think would suit your child best. We have so many programs and so many different curriculums for every child and they can always grow throughout our school. And so just believing in our process and believing in your child. And that's really all you can do because the work is really on the child when they're in the classes. Mm -hmm. Now you yourself have uh, a career performing working on plays and and mm-hmm. movies and things mm-hmm. like that what have you had a favorite role yes I was in taking Woodstock and okay. I filmed with Emil Hirsch which was like really cool mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite films to be on I learned a lot on the forger with John Travolta he was like really amazing to work with that was gonna be my next question (laughs) he was really awesome to work with and he spoke to you just like you were anybody on the street which was really amazing like he did not have that you know I'm a star (laughs) quality he was very down to earth and so wasn't everybody I worked with um Oh, that's a movie that came out in 2015. Yes. And what was your role? So I was in the dance scenes. Okay. So it's when he was stealing the artwork in the clubs, and you can see me dancing oh, <laughs> in cool. the dance scenes. Yes. And then with Taking Woodstock, that was a, diff- a very different experience because it was very hippie, and it was all about sure. Woodstock. So that actually fell into my lap. Interesting enough, you know, sometimes they say you have to be at the right place at the right time. I actually, when I landed that role... I was there as a moral supporter for my theater friends. They went to audition. I was standing in line with them, was not prepared to audition. And the casting director came up to me and was like, you're exactly what we're looking for. Will you read? Mm, And I was like, okay. (laughs) And that's how, you know, I ended up working on that film. But definitely, you know, with my experience doing, you know, TV, film, choreographing, you know, it's 
all being brought into my performing arts center now. So mm. all of my experience, now I get to pass on that knowledge to the next upcoming generation of performers, which is so gratifying, you know. It seems like, don't let me put words in your mouth, but you would suggest that people come in and take in the experience of theater, dance, and maybe not so much just be at home making TikTok videos yeah. or waiting in line to audition for American Idol. Is, is How do you sort yes. of reconcile that with this, <laughs> with this generation? Yeah, of, of I mean, kids? it's definitely a different generation. Every, you know, everything takes a while to build. And so I think with this generation, they're so used to their electronics and their gadgets and, and seeing people, you know, line up for American Idol and become famous thinking that it just happens in a day. But, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm -hmm. And I always say that, you know, it's consistent training. And so being off of your gadgets, you know, as a kid. That's so important. Not only is it, you know, physical exercise, which is so important for our kids, it's also building confidence and not trying to compare ourselves to TikTok stars and really building ourselves for who we are. And that's pretty much the the motivation that I teach my students that they have something unique about themselves and to always be willing to put themselves out there to make a mistake. And then we learn from our mistakes and our failures and we build ourselves up from the ground up, you know, fail, do it again, fail, do it again. And that's, you know, this industry is all a no. And it's really lucky when you get that one. Yes, maybe it is American Idol. And we love that. But, you know, it's all training experiences, you know, just like I say to my competitive students, when we go to competition, Sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. It's not about getting that trophy. If you get the trophy, that's amazing. But it's about the life lesson that you learned just going on that stage. You know, if you were off that eight count, you learned for next time. So, like, if you become 18 and you want to go out and pursue a career, you'll remember what it was like to be off that eight count and you'll correct it when you are a professional. So, again, yes, like you were saying, getting off the the iPads, the TikToks, and knowing that, Everything, you know, is built slowly. The progress is slow but steady. And if we keep a slow and steady progress, at the end, we'll come out, like, on top. And whatever that may be, if that's even taking what you learned discipline-wise, you know, dance and theater arts teaches you confidence, discipline, organizational skills, scheduling. Because a lot of our students, they go to school all day and then they dance all night. And how to balance school and dance and theater arts. And that's what's going to make them successful adults is taking that experience with them. Yeah, and I I fear sometimes that that parents, they do this, I I gather, in, in theater and arts and also in sports. They worry so much about their kid becoming the next you know, the, the, the next, I don't know who's, ex- I, was about, I was about to say like Liza Minnelli. That, that's, that's, that's topical or anything, the next Billie Eilish or the next mm-hmm. whatever, or the next LeBron James. And they, they try to make decisions with an eye towards that, even though they may say, well, I know he's not going to go on. I know mm-hmm. he's not going to be on Broadway. I know he's not going to be in the NBA, but they still kind of nudge that way when really, you know, you're only young once. Mm-hmm. Right. And like you, you like I, mm-hmm. I, I've been in a, only a couple plays in my life, you know, in like the fifth grade or something. I was the mock turtle in Alice in Wonderland, and at summer camp, <laughs> at summer camp, I played Kaniki in Greece when I was probably about eighteen years old. That was probably the most fun I ever had, and and I'll I'll never forget it. And I wasn't yes. I wasn't going anywhere near Broadway. Obviously, I wasn't. I mean, it was, just, <laughs> but but the 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 practice of doing it the the 
the camaraderie of being in a yes. cast, you know, I mean, you're not going to get that from TikTok. And there's nothing right. wrong with TikTok. I mean, if you're if you're creating something with TikTok that you think is fun and that's what you dig doing, then great. But mm-hmm. if you think you're going to become a star by doing TikTok, you're probably missing out. And yeah. and what a lot of people don't understand is a lot of those TikTok. TikTok stars are already stars from like the competitive dance world. Oh. And so their names are already out there. So, you know, it is hard, but I 100% agree with what what you said. And those are the life skills. Like, I mean, you're a host of a huge podcast, mm-hmm. you know, so you learned those skills from doing your shows as well. And it yeah. comes into play. Yeah. And yeah. And like, that's what I tell people. If you like podcasting, do it and get started. We produce a lot here. Oop, pardon the plug. Pod, Pod617.com. We produce podcasts. Come come find out about us at Westwood Studios or remotely. But, but you know, at least you're creating something. And a podcasting is an art. It's much different than the, the kind you teach. Mm-hmm. But that creative output is something. If that's what you dig, if that's what keeps you going, then then do it. And, you know, your, your school is your conservatory is a great place to start. And Absolutely. once again, I'll plug it again. You don't mind me plugging. Yeah, the, 100%. The conservatory, <laughs> the conservatory school.com. And we're talking with Erica Frank, of course. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do a round of good stuff where both Eric and I will recommend something good that might brighten your Yay. day. All right. Yeah, we'll be back in uh, less than a minute. Hang <laughs> with us, kids. Hi, I'm Jay Ruderman. All Inclusive is a podcast focused on inclusion and social justice. Join me as I interview leaders and experts on the latest news focused on advocacy for social justice. In order to make progress that will lead to a more equitable future, honest discussions must be held. That is what All Inclusive is all about. Listen and subscribe to the All Inclusive podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Visit the show website for more information and full episode transcripts at www.allinclusivepodcast.com. And we are back with Erica Frank from the... <laughs> See, that's not good performing. But what did you say? Fail and do, and it, do, get, it, again. do it again. Get up yes. and do it again, yes. As I was saying, Erica Frank from the Conservatory School, and find uh, the conservatoryschool.com. Find it online that way. But do you have uh, social handles you'd we like to share do. with our audience? Come follow us and yeah. see all of what our kids are up to. Instagram handle is at the Conservatory School. And our Facebook is facebook.com slash the Conservatory School. We post quite often on stories and our feed. So you can definitely keep track of any programs that we're offering as well. Cool. I imagine social media must be a good, a great boon. For the arts and what you do, because, you know, when we when we produce a podcast, oftentimes we'll produce a short video clip to go along with it that just kind of gives you a taste and a highlight. And but that video is probably not going to be as exciting as someone dancing or singing Mm -hmm. or something like that. So, yes. And you can also check us out on YouTube and see we had my alumni that I spoke about, Candace, who went to Point Park on almost a full ride. She was also on Broadway World's high school competition during COVID. And she made it up to the top three nationally. And the videos that we produced in under 48 hours, she learned choreography. We had a video production team, costuming, the whole thing we put up on our YouTube as 
as well. So that's a conservatory school for the performing arts on YouTube. You can watch all of our amazing videos of our dancers and our Love and it. our singers as well. Yes. Love it. Before we go to good stuff, do you have a, a Broadway play, maybe that one that we haven't mentioned yet, mm-hmm. that is your absolute favorite? Okay, this also changes with, with my age. So <laughs> okay. um, the last one that I saw that I felt I connected with personally, and I'm mm-hmm. going to be super cliche on this, um, yeah. was Waitress. So I actually didn't see it. I, I started with Jesse Mueller, and at that point in time in my life when I was watching the play, I was just a bag of tears. And my friend <laughs> Abby actually choreographed it. So cool shout out to her. Um, and I was with my friend Tara as well, who manages our students. So she owns a management company um, in New York, and that's what's very special about our school is that we're constantly bringing in agents and casting directors to work with our students. And Tara also manages a lot of our students' careers, so we went and started together cool. to support Abby, and that was our our moment of like turning thirties. <laughs> I'll say thirties loosely, <laughs> uh, but we definitely felt it. I mean, when I was younger, I was all into like the big shebang shows, like. Yep. 42nd Street, come on. You know, mm. will always be a classic. But Yeah. I think the first Broadway show I ever saw was Dream Girls. This this oh, is so um, good. You know, this is way back way before they made a movie out of it. It it, it I remember just taking the train with I was staying with a friend in Long Island and, and going in and seeing it. And there's not there's nothing like it. Are you pro or con when they make movies out of big Broadway shows? Or does oh, it depend? It depends. I'm thinking um, that, who is it, Spielberg that has the the new West Side Story coming yes, out? Yes, yeah. I'm very excited for that. Okay. Um, I really enjoy watching when they put, like, a spin on today's, you yeah. know, and they pretty much transform it for today's generation, which is really cool. Like, I'm very excited to see Annie live. Mm-hmm. That's coming out, which I think they did a great job with, you know, making it very relatable to today as well. I think they're changing that. But, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle. As long as, like, (laughs) as as long as as it doesn't defer too much from the original, I'm a little bit, like... You don't want the tail wagging the the dog. You don't want the movie Yeah, I still want to hear tomorrow, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, agreed completely. We promised a round of good stuff, so let's do it. Oh, that's the good stuff. See, I didn't tell you, but it's a litmus test of a guest as to whether or not they dance to the B-52's sound <laughs> sting there. And, of course, you were a dancer, and yeah. you were you were bopping a little bit. <laughs> so you got that one right. Well done. Woo. All right, do you, have, do you have something good to share with our audience, anything at all? I do. Yeah. So I want to plug Move for the Movement. They are a foundation that contacts local dance studios, and they put on... Sorry, say it again. What for the... Move... Move for the Movement. Move for the Movement. Got it. Um, they are... Raise money for breast cancer awareness. Um, and they take dance studios, and they put on shows throughout the winter. So we are actually going to be performing in Janu- January in Andover at one of their shows, and all the proceeds from ticket sales go towards breast cancer. And so that's... I think that's the good stuff right there, that is good right? Stuff. That's, like that's, teaching our kids performing arts can also help a cause. Outstanding stuff. Yeah. And the the website is move the numeral four tm dot. I probably made that more complicated than it had to be. Move four tm dot org. Use the number four, the numeral four. Move four tm dot org. Move for the movement. 
Geez, they have a lot of shows coming up, and yes. everything benefits the American Cancer Society. This is cool. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you said your the, the your show is where? Um, I believe we're doing the Andover on okay. the 16th. Okay. Very cool. Yes. yes. At 6 p.m. according yes. to the website. Yes. This is. I know how to use a website. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Move for the movement. I love it. Excellent. Yes. So I'm going to recommend uh, a movie that I thought might be appropriate for the occasion because have you ever seen the movie Sing Street? No. No. Okay, so good. So your homework is going to be, Erica, to watch this because I think, I think you'll dig it. It's a movie that came out in 2016. There aren't too many stars in it. The one guy you recognize is the guy who was in both The Wire as Mayor Ta- Tommy Carsetti and then mm-hmm. one of the bad guys in the Game of, in Game of Thrones. I should oh, probably yes. look up what his name is. You'll, you'll notice him in this. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a little look at the trailer, and you guys can listen to the trailer for Sing Street. Your mother and I really are under a lot of pressure at the moment. We had a look at our accounts, and... We're taking you out of school. We're not taking you out of school. We're transferring you. You'll be new then. What's your name? Connor Lawler. Shut up. We have a black shoe policy here, Mr. Lawler. They're brown. They're quite sensible. They're not black. Who knows what this new prison will do for you? This is your time. You see, it's beautiful. How come you're not in school? I'm a model. Cool. Do you want to be in a video for my band? See, if you're in a band, sing me a song. Take on me. <laughs> we need to form a band. Oh. Connor's putting a band together. Oh, good Jesus. You'd play every instrument on mankind. Probably. Show sure. It's all about the girl, isn't it? What's this? All work. Have school in the morning. This is school. Rock and roll is a risk. You risk being ridiculed. Jesus, what are you all wearing? Yeah, we're just working that out. So they're wearing uh, makeup and everything and trying to look like probably some British new wave group. So it is about a kid, as you can tell, who's at a new school, is trying to fit in. There's a girl he's interested in, and he basically forms the band so that the girl will pay attention to him. But And they're not very good at, at the beginning, but they you know, develop certain skills and they, they start to become kind of a little hit in their school. And it is just, it's, I mentioned this movie to everyone because I feel like nobody's heard of it, but it's called, it's again, Sing Street and you'll have to find out where you can, you can find it. But do you have any movies that you like that are about kids, you know, performing in that whole dynamic or? Oh yeah. Billy Elliot all day Sure, yeah. <laughs> is always a classic for us. Um, I say us because I feel like everybody at my school will watch Billy Elliot, you know, every Absolutely. Day. but today's a great movie day. It's like gloomy out. I know. So I have to Maybe check it that's out. why I was in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> so you can stream it on Roku. If you're a Roku person, you can, uh, you can rent it on Amazon for a buck 99 sink street. That's your homework, Erica. Okay. And uh, I met School of Rock. Are you a fan of that movie, School oh, of Rock? Oh, yeah. Come on. And, and we, I saw the show, obviously, oh, yeah. you know, well, in New York. Go. And we did, like, a meet and greet with the cast, too, as well, which was oh, cool. really cool. So love School of Rock. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's your <laughs> life, kind of, you know, getting getting the most out of the kids. And so oh, I imagine yes. I'm a sucker for that. Anyway, we've had so much fun. We've gone on longer than I planned. But that's because uh, Erica was such a good guest. I hope you had Yay. fun. Thank you. Uh, 
Absolutely. Once again, Erica Frank, owner and artistic director of the Conservatory School. Find her and all the stuff they do at theconservatoryschool.com. And plug the Instagram handle one more time, Erica. At the Conservatory School. There you go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Go to pod617.com if you want your own podcast. And on behalf of Erica from Stoughton, this is Dave from Sharon saying, I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Go see a play or a movie or something. Yeah. I'm not afraid of